0: You know, don't do dumb stuff, and you're not going to get regulated. Worst case scenario, you just walk
1: their ass in the ground and then bake (laughs) a pound of butter. I'm going to get fired up here. (laughs) This stuff really (laughs) irritates me. You know, I grew up in a little farming town in uh, Central California.
0: If you don't, you know, (laughs) my biggest pet peeve is I want,
1: there's areas where they close the roads down. Uh, I left, didn't take a pack, no water, no food, blah, 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 nothing. figured it was going to be kind of a quick hunt and we are rolling uh Uh, welcome to season hunter podcast this is our first podcast i'm your host uh daryl nunez a lot of my friends know me as ponch and over here is the other host and
0: yeah, my name's John Tolbert. Um,
1: I call him JT.
0: He calls me JT. Uh, <laughs> he's probably the only one that calls me JT, actually. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, so this is the Seasoned Hunter Bot podcast. Uh, kind of Daryl's brainchild. Uh, it's been coming. We've been, or he's been talking about it for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, he uh, asked me a couple months ago if I wanted to be involved with it, and... jumped at the chance it's something that i'm not very familiar with but i do a lot of video type stuff so i thought it'd be an easy transition but uh darrell
1: what what about the name so i kind of came up you know i've actually got to uh learn to enjoy In most podcasts there's a lot of really informational ones out there and the name season hunter kind of came from i guess my age uh I've been around for a little longer than a lot of... There's a little, plenty of hunters out there that are our age or close to our age. But I just thought, being uh, kind of seasoned or experienced, that it would be kind of a, a name that would people could relate. Maybe the gray. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where it came from initially. And, you know, between just life and COVID and everything going on, I kind of just got pushed to the side. And then, you know, you and I've been doing stuff with Sagebuck Outdoors for years. And I know that you are really good with uh, videoing and that type of stuff anyway. And I thought, hey, this might be a pretty good mix. I mentioned it to you. And I know you kind of tossed around stuff in the past, but it just kind of came together, which, you know, we've worked together long enough. I think that we know each other's personalities, and we get a chance to hunt together some. And it's been a pretty. Which shoot, how long have we known each other now? Has it been?
0: Oh, I think the. I'm trying to think. The first time we met might have been at the archery shop. Yeah. When. Uh, Two thousand. Advantage Archery here in Twin Falls. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's when. Early Dennis, Dennis it. owned it. Yeah, yeah, it was been quite a while ago. So we've known each other for a long time. We didn't really start doing stuff together for quite a while yeah. after that until after that i think at that time i wasn't even filming hunts yet so i
1: you're just i remember running into in a store one time and and you were talking you had been filming a little bit and you just started editing uh it was around the holidays one year i remember that mm. and then yeah it was a few years later i had been filming a little bit too here and there but mostly you know my that's what even got me started filming was uh my dad he was getting up in age and i know You know, he'd always like hearing my stories, and at that time, I was shooting a lot of competitive archery, locally mostly, you know, nothing like nationally or anything, but he'd love to go out there and just sit in his chair and watch me shoot my bow and come back and hear my stories, tell me how crazy I was when I'd leave on a solo hunt for 10 or 14 days and how crazy I was for doing that. And so I started learning just to film a little bit and bring it home and try to figure out how I could plug it in my TV to watch, and it's usually just off the camera. Onto there, I never really edited anything. It was just all raw footage, and then I think I mentioned to you one time about maybe film or editing some some of the stuff I filmed. Right. And you were just getting started in it. And right. Again, and then, yeah,
0: so yeah, so yeah, I think that's exactly how we met each other. Actually, was I started doing some editing for you, which in the beginning I did a lot of that for people. They had a bunch of footage that they didn't uh, know what to do with. And... I filmed
1: a bunch of kids hunts yes those were actually pretty cool yeah mentoring kids and
0: And you did that actually wasn't it for a tv show yeah
1: one time yeah and i mean it was like a lot of people in the film industry or the hunting industry show wise said it was just an awesome idea but bad timing and it was right when um the economy crashed yeah so 2008 yeah 2008 2009 and so it kind of never really got off the ground i mean it was like i said a good idea and and it was so enjoyable. I, I started out with um, like hunt of a lifetime, helping hunt of a lifetime, and then I can I kind of think that's what gave me the itch because I saw how much emotion and the parents were there and the kids were there, and you know I can't tell you how many times I was behind the camera filming those hunts, and I'd have to be wiping the tears off because it is an emotional thing, especially if it's to be a first type hunt for you know kid or their and their parents being there. And so that kind of gave me the buck for that. And I, like I said, it was great idea, bad timing and, and never really, and then prices really started going up in the, as far as paying for shows and everything. And it just never got off, which is fine. I mean, but you edited all those videos Mm -hmm. and if nothing else. All the, all the kids were able to get that hunt that we captured on a DVD and, Right, that was worth it, right? there. Yeah,
0: so we did actually. Now that you bring, I forgot about that. So we made DVDs, yeah. and you sent them to those kids, even though it was a few years after you had yeah. filmed the hunts, yeah, yeah. And did did one of them had passed away, or are you yeah, just there's actually ready been to?
1: actually been a couple of them that unfortunately passed away, like the hunt of a lifetime ones, right? Um, yeah, it was too bad, and huh. and you know some good memories, and you know that. I don't know, Lifetime, those type of organizations. There's a lot of other ones out there now that are similar to it. I think they're a great thing, you know. Right. And just mentoring kids, mentoring people in general, you know. I taught Bowhunter Ed for, you know, close to 15 years, and I always enjoyed that, too, just teaching new people. You know, that's kind of always been a fun thing for me, too.
0: Right. And, so Let's, um, before we get too far into that, I want to, backtrack and i think both of us because a lot of people don't know who we are yeah and um let's let's just tell me about like your the start like how you got started into the whole hunting just hunting not necessarily not the hunting industry but just hunting in general
1: yeah i grew up you know i grew up in a little farming town in uh, central california and i my dad was an avid hunter our whole family was i mean it was you know always every year several trips deer hunting and quail hunting and rabbit hunting and pheasant hunting and and I can recall you know I don't have a picture I wish I did but I do remember one distinct picture of my dad would come home with whatever he killed and I would want to take a picture of it And I remember <laughs> having one of those uh pajamas on with the feet yeah <laughs> me holding the <laughs> pheasant up and I'm, someday I'll find that picture again but I just have always you know always had that love for the outdoors more so i have two brothers and uh two sisters and more so than my brothers uh, um i definitely got the bug more so than my dad you know none of them ever bow hunted and we we're i've brought up gun hunting shotgun hunting duck hunt a lot of duck hunting the area i grew up was really well known for its duck hunting and with that being said i always said uh first chance I get, even though it was, you know, even though it was California, it was a small town and it butted up close to some hills. There's a lot of fishing. We did a lot of, every years a couple of years or a couple of weeks of camping as a family. Um, but I always said I wanted to go somewhere else and, you know, I just wanted to go place where I can hunt elk and have other opportunities. Um, we had pig hunting there, which I still, go back almost every year to california to hunt pigs and turkeys and still have some good friends over there and right so and i know you grew up there too right
0: yeah i did before we get into that i want to tell you a funny story daryl daryl was taking um was working in alaska at the time and he called me and asked me if i would go to california with him and film a pig hunt and i was like heck yeah that would be awesome so um we did (laughs) he actually paid for my flight out there and uh anyway as um I guess we got to the point where Daryl was getting ready to kill this pig and he's sneaking on this pig. Oh. And I'm standing back filming. Uh, you know, I'm back quite a ways, but I'm filming him and he shoots this pig and it takes off. He shoots and kills the pig. And I realized I didn't have the camera rolling. <laughs> so I went all the way to California to film that hunt, uh, which is, by the way, on the YouTube channel. But uh, fortunately, though, fortunately, Daryl had. Uh, his, um, GoPro on his, uh, stabilizer. yeah, on the stabilizer. First yeah. time yeah. I ever
1: tried it. I never, I thought, ah, what the heck? Right. I'll do it and I'll turn it on. And I did. And that was, I think probably, well, I had it on a couple times through that hunt, but for the most part you were filming, that was your job. Right. Yeah. One thing. <laughs> one job. <laughs> and then, yeah. And we got back at night. You're like, I don't know if I got that on. Yeah. Like, but you know what? It all worked out and we had just enough footage from the GoPro right? to, even though it was a little fish eyed and right. going out there ways, it still was enough. So you could see what happened. And we picked right up the next morning and exactly. it turned out good. That it was turned a, out pretty good. Pretty emotional I, I, hunt, that whole thing with, right. with uh, using my, my, I had a son that passed away in 2009. And so I got the bow, the last bow he had, uh, which is a bow that I had given to him. And so I took that bow on there and, and, uh, and shot that pig, which was an older bow, as right. bows go. right. And anyway, I killed that pig with that. So that was pretty cool. That yeah, that was cool. The deal was cool.
0: So. so anyway, yeah. So I a little background on myself. I, I grew up in uh, Northern California. It's something you, you hate to admit when you live in Idaho because you get a lot of crap for it but how many years you've been here yeah so I I got here and uh we moved here my wife and I had just got married in 1993 in February and then we moved here in June of 93
1: and I moved here in 83 so I've been yeah, here so
0: we've been here a long time I feel like we're kind of grandfathered in yeah right <laughs> so yeah. but yeah anyway the hunting wise I I grew up I cut my teeth hunting um Blacktail deer in uh, the Marble Mountains and the Trinity Alps of Northern California. I really grew up, the town I grew up in, the name of it is Yreka, California. It's not Eureka, California. People get those confused all the time. I think population at that time was about 3,500 people or so, and we were about 20 miles from the Oregon border. So really, we were in the mountains. It's not the typical uh, California that you'd you think of when you when you
1: and that's what people think a lot of times. You lived in the city and exactly and yeah it's...
0: yeah not the case at all. And it was more rural than a lot of the spots here in Idaho. In fact, but anyway, it doesn't matter. You have that stigma, I think. But anyway, so yeah, half so... the people
1: that live well, I mean, a good portion of people live here are from out of state somewhere. Not necessarily just you know California, but right. So I I don't be offended by you know we we've had a lot of growth here in California the last or in Idaho from people all over. And, and fortunately I I feel like most people that are moving here is to get away from certain aspects of other States that Idaho does conservative, like Idaho being conservative, like it is for the most part, it's nice that most people have the, they're kind of like-minded. Exactly. So it's easy to like we are, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people that do move here are the same, have the same values that we have. Hope, hopefully that's the case for most of them. Uh, Make sure it is for you if you decide to move to Idaho. (laughs) So, but anyway, let's talk about the name. Let's talk about the name Seasoned Hunter. Uh, Tell me where, that that was your baby. Tell me where it came from.
1: Well, just when when I say, and I, you know, I don't claim to be the world's greatest hunter by no means at all, but um, I guess the word seasoned to me, I've always said, when people say, oh, you're old. I said, no, I'm seasoned. (laughs) So I... I kind of kind of came off of that because, uh, you know, experienced. I guess it could be in you know, there's a lot of years there that I hunted a lot. I mean, a lot. In uh, I'd work work hard and play hard type thing. And and I know you only uh, go around life once. And so I, I see, I'd have, you know, friends that, that would tell me, man, I wish I could do what you do, you know, and it's like, what well, you can. Right. And I guess at that time, you know, a lot of it was, it's not that that was my only priority, but I mean, I did, I did do what I had to do for work and life and everything. But then on the other hand, I, every second, every little second I could spare for shooting or hunting or whatever, you know, I would do it. And so that's what I would I remember I would schedule, I have my own business, so I would work my behind off. And I was, for the most part, a one-man show, but I had help at times. And I would work my butt off all summer. And, you know, I remember times where I would be like, I was doing siding and some flooring. And I'd be waiting for it to get light enough so I can hammer my first nail and siding. And then I'd get off work there uh, when it started getting really hot by one or so in the afternoon go and take a shower and go work at the archery shop till closing why did i work at the archery shop for the most part to pay off whatever i was buying that year <laughs> <laughs> and i remember uh yeah having you know my hours just rack up and thousands and thousands of dollars uh, on my you know that my credit and then you know i'd buy whatever you know so uh, i was pretty fortunate when it come to that that's and then I'd take time off, you know, and then I started guiding. And so I added that in the mix, too, in the fall. And I did that for a lot of years, too. And it was never a job for me. And I always told myself I would quit when it became where I wasn't looking forward to getting up, you know, to go help with a client or whatever. Right. And, and it never did, fortunately. I only had literally just, like, a couple that stick out in my mind as far as clients that were kind of a pain in the butt if you want to call them right but you just deal with it you know people are people we got to take them for how they are and and worst case scenario you just walk their ass in the ground and then they become <laughs> butter in your hands you know it's one thing i found
0: but how does that work out for the tip
1: <laughs> it all you know i i i did pretty well as far as tips goes at least for those times it's been quite a few years since i've did just that you know professionally or like do the whole fall i still do some a little bit for hobie but um for the most part you know back and that's i would pretty much leave between august around august or so and not get back and if i went down to mexico and guided you know, i wouldn't be back till you know sometimes february just depend on uh, and it worked out good i mean as good as that type of business is it was i was happy i mean i was happy Right. It's fun times for me.
0: Yeah. And for the people who don't know, Hobie, he mentioned Hobie. Hobie's Hobie Gardner. He's the owner of uh, Deadline Outfitters, which is here in Southern Idaho. And if you haven't, and I've actually done a lot of filming for Hobie and his clients as well. And if you haven't checked out their website or checked out some of the videos that I've done for them, they kill some tremendous yeah. animals. And uh, that's something that, you know, I think we're super fortunate here. I think we're spoiled with the size of the animals that are around us, especially the elk, elk and and moose, moose. Um, deer, not quite so much. There's some great deer hunting and some big box too, but uh, just right here in our local area, the deer and the elk, excuse me, the um, elk and the moose are incredibly sized for, you know, especially for the shyrus moose. It's unbelievable how big they are. So anyway. Yeah, so I was I
1: fortunate to work. In fact, I got Hobie's first job guiding. Uh, he, After a couple of years after I'd started, he got a hold of me and said, I want to be a guide, you know, and everything. And he was experienced, you know, somewhat experienced hunter, but just for himself. But he'd take and go out with people and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I got him a job uh, as a guide and his wife a job as a cook before they had kids. So they went around as his team and it was everyone loved him. And then when he started this business up, south here um i knew he would turn that into you know something good and he has yeah know, he's pushed for more tags to get more tags for that area and and um turned his lodge into he's got a spectacular lodge and does pheasants hunts off off season and yeah it's turned out a really good thing for him and john's got a chance to like you said, do some filming. We've worked together some up there, too, yep. and I have. so. Yep.
0: It's been a lot of fun. It has. I, I'm super grateful for Hobie, honestly, for letting me tag along on some of those signs. The camera guy it can be kind of a pain sometimes, but uh, they've been really patient with me, and uh, and I think they hopefully like the results of some of those films that we turned out for them.
1: Some of the experience I've had in the past with uh, some TV show-type stuff uh, guiding most of the time you're right. The camera, it's, you gotta be like on it. The camera guy has to be on it. Right. And the best camera guy, some of the best camera guys I've seen of guys who are actually good hunters too.
0: Right. Um, I, I think that's so important. Yeah. I mean, you're, especially even like archery, you know, if you're filming an archery hunt, you you have to know what you're doing yeah. as, as a camera guy. As a camera guy, you need to know what you're doing as a hunter and what. He's anticipating and and you gotta get so close and you need to you need to be able to have the ability to be stealthy yeah you know and and uh
1: I did a lot with uh, hunter specialties for a lot of years and and we'd have camera guys there, and man, there was a couple of camera guys that uh they were awesome i mean were them sometimes spotting game they'd have their binoc- you know some of the right? camera guys were doing what they had to do, but they also had binoculars in their right uh they you know out there kind of helping as much as they can too it's
0: yeah it uh, honestly like you're not only a camera guy when you're out there doing that stuff you're a spotter because you do you know i mean it's i guess if you're good at what you do and i do a lot of you know i've done a lot of this with with, especially with toby and his guides and stuff but you're a spotter
1: when you kill an animal
0: (laughs) you are definitely a packer um you help like you know on the moose and stuff the more help you can get skinning that animal uh the better you know so i don't I never really did a lot of skinning. You know, that's kind of the guy's gig right there. I don't Most, want to step, You're mostly filming, but I'm still filming feet. and you want to film all that stuff. So I, I'll usually be filming, uh, during that aspect of the hunt, but yeah, you're not just a camera guy for sure.
1: Yeah. And I, I, uh, the whole filming thing, you know, as, especially after getting involved with, uh, you, as far as, uh, editing and all that type of thing, I've, taking it a little bit more serious. There's still times where I'm like, gosh, you, sometimes you just don't have time, especially if you're solo. Right. you got to make it a priority. That's one thing I've found. And right. There's been a few hunts I've been on where I'm like, sorry, John, because yeah. <laughs> maybe it didn't turn out it, so well. And,
0: especially and, when you're solo. and if you're not just a camera guy, it is, I, it's so easy to say, ah, oh, forget that. I don't yeah. want to film that stuff. Yeah.
1: And, Elk hunting, you know, like when you're moving on them and trying to film. Uh, you know it's it can be challenging
0: exactly yeah I, I had an elk hunt this summer or this fall this last fall and this bull and he's pretty nice he wasn't huge but he's a decent bull six point bull that uh he'd laid down right in sagebrush it was maybe half of my shin height you know I mean and that's where he laid down at so I tried to make a move on him and you're trying to film and you just screwed up, and I and at that point I actually did. I, I bagged the camera. I was by, I was solo, and he took off. He started to take off. I called him, and he didn't come back. He looked looked around, but then I put a decoy up. I'm getting sidetracked here. Sorry. Called him again, and he came bulleting in. But man, you got anyway. I I wanted to try and film it, and I and I couldn't, and, uh, I, and moved, I ended right? up screwing it up. Basically, yeah. is what happened, but.
1: Well, if we killed them every single time we went out, it probably wouldn't be as fun. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't It's tell called hunting,
0: not getting. Right. That's true.
1: <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times you know I've I've said that the best experience out in the field is screwing up and learning from it. Right. You know, but you got to look back and say, "Hey, what did I learn from that? You know, what what could I have done different?" right and my theory has always been i try to treat every stock every hunting scenario as if it's the only one i'm going to get that year right because more times and there's a lot of times that may that is it and you know you can't always think you know years and years and years ago as a season hunter says <laughs> you know you knew that if you messed it up oh, you're gonna have another chance and a lot of times on public land like we hunt most all the time is public land. Uh, that's what you're going to get is just one opportunity. So you got to capitalize on it and really think about it, make your moves count. Right. You know? Right. Even if you end up screwing it up, at least, you know, you just got to have that mindset. I think, I think that's what a lot of it is. It's just your mindset.
0: Sure. Nope. So, totally agree. We haven't mentioned this yet, but let's talk about the people that have kind of helped us out company wise. Oh yeah. Um, we've been doing this you know, for a long time. And I don't really want to call them sponsors, yeah, just, just affiliations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's been so awesome over the last couple of years. Daryl and I, I think we both kind of got a little more serious about this whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, we do have a few companies that have helped us nomad out. Nomad
1: has been a nomad Nomad's channel. probably number one for us. Yeah.
0: They yeah. have been amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know that, Hopefully, they know how much we appreciate yeah. what they've done for us. You know, it's been. And it's sometimes been we feel incredible. like
1: we really haven't done enough for them, but what the stuff we do for them, they love it. And, right. And, and that's how, you know, we weren't looking for anything free or necessarily discount or any of that. It kind of came, to, fell in my lap. And I just thought it would be a good fit with you and I to. Right. It, it's kind of hard to do solo. So I thought of you first because of our filming and right stuff our, our right. experience together. And then yeah, that's rolled into like uh Red Line Red Line Archery with some of their new equipment coming mm-hmm. out and sights and quivers and stabilizers and Which
0: they're we're brand new. Well they're brand new. Mm-hmm. At least the sights and quiver end mm-hmm. of their business. Yeah. And we're really new to them too. Uh we How'd that work out? How did we get connected with that? Actually? So
1: actually one of the guys who worked for nomad, um, Eric young, he, he rolled over and started helping right. his friend that, uh, had got going with that and marketing, uh, for Redline. And because Eric knew us so well from nomad, he kind of just told us, yeah, you guys need to, you know, try some of this out. And, right. and in which uh, also rode into trophy line, uh, saddles, uh, which from tree stand, you know, the tree stand side of it, Mm -hmm. a tree saddle, um, which John and I are really excited about. Super excited. I've never sat in
0: a tree saddle before.
1: This will be the first year, you know, I mean, I've, I've shot plenty of elk off the ground. In fact, every elk I've ever shot, um, has been off the ground, but this year I'm actually going to try, give it a try. Not saying that's where I'll end up killing one, but, uh, I'm going to give it a try over wallow this year with the with a tree saddle. Yeah. And I've got, I've already been making, you know, I've made quite a few contacts people. Some of the future shows we'll have uh, with some seasoned hunters and it's right. kind of, uh, there's lots of new hunters out there and lots of guys who've been hunting for a few years that are on a lot of podcasts. And so I, we're focusing not only on that, but as well as some of the people have been around for a lot of years and, and I hope it, Hoping people will open their minds up, and you know, you can learn a lot of things from wisdom, right? And you know, from old school type, just getting your boots in the dirt and
0: exactly. You know,
1: shoot, you know as well as I do. Forever, we didn't have. I'm here. My first GPS I got. I don't know what year <laughs> it was. And guys are trying to show me how to use it, and I'm thinking, you know, all I want to know is how to. Where my truck is. <laughs> right, right. At <laughs> camp, and where my dead animal is if I need to get to it. Because, you know, how many years do we use surveyor's tape? Right. You know, right. Occasionally I walk, I'll be walking in the mountains and I'll find surveyor's tape and I'm thinking, I wonder what this led to. Right. You know, if it was somebody marking a tree to cut down or was it somebody actually trying to get to an animal and they missed that one, you know? Right. So, because I've, i actually been back in an area. I remember one time going in and and I missed a couple because I went out a different route. And then the next year I was in that same area and I found them again, pulled them off. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But um, anyway, as far as uh, Season Hunter goes, that's kind of where that came from. We, we anticipate uh, some great guests coming up. So, you know one thing i was going to mention too is that you know we certainly we're just a couple of guys who have regular jobs and uh, enjoy the outdoors enjoy doing some of these things uh, like filming and and now this that we just thought we'd kind of try to share maybe bring hopefully bring a different angle to it what
0: do you yeah think a seasoned talking? hunter angle yeah right like a <laughs> angle. no i think you know we've done this for a long time and we certainly aren't experts for sure, but you know, hopefully we have something. I still to, learn. I right? still
1: learn. The minute you think you arrived, right, you're not arriving. You're going backwards. But, you always got to be open minded. Yeah, and, that's a good point. And feel like uh, there's more out there to learn. Right. And that's why, you know, there's a lot of guys who are a lot younger than us, you know, that are doing shows and, and podcasts and seminars and those type of things that. Um, you can always pick up things from them. I have, and sometimes it's kind of nice too. You know, some of the people that have been doing a long time that I listened to their side of it, and were totally like-minded, and it kind of just reiterates that you know maybe I was I did kind of know the right thing to do more or, than you thought you knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, like I said, I certainly don't know—not saying I know any, everything because I certainly don't. but, right. um, but still, it's nice, you know, when things come together on the right. hunt. Right. Right. But yeah, like even like that uh, that deer hunt a few years ago, you filmed where uh, it was going to turn. What turned? What was going to be a half hour to an hour stock turned into what? oh
0: yeah the one yes last two years ago right
1: yeah two three years
0: ago yeah yeah my cell phone ended up dying oh yeah <laughs> your cell phone died so daryl left me behind uh
1: so to, you couldn't that wouldn't have been a good hunt yeah or a good thing for you to be right next to me you it, had a good I had a good angle point. from yeah. where I
0: was at so I was able to film everything from right where I was so it worked out perfectly so it was an archery hunt and around farmland around farmland and it was 97
1: degrees <laughs> it was
0: hot <laughs> and it was a last spur of the moment hunt too because daryl and i were actually leaving the next morning to go antelope hunting and daryl called me i actually did you call in, me that
1: morning I ran, no i ran into you in the store the, oh, the night before right. i was getting snacks for to go antelope hunting right and you're in there shopping to go antelope hunting too right. and i ran into i go hey I just found that buck. I scouted a little bit. Right. I scouted him a few times, and then I lost him. He disappeared for whatever reason. But uh, I went back out there, actually on opening day, I think it was, and found him again that evening. But I didn't take my bow. I just had my spot and scope and binoculars. And mm-hmm. Found him again and went, you know what? I think I'm going to put a quick hunt in tomorrow morning. And so quick I hunt. asked if you wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> I said, let's just go out there for a couple hours. Right. And... and uh, I left, didn't take a pack, no water, no food, blah, 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 nothing. Figured it was going to be kind of a quick hunt, either it'd work or it wouldn't. And was kind of excited about getting out to leave for antelope. And then that was, I left probably seven 30 ish. Yeah. Cause we
0: spotted that buck right at daylight, yeah. right? He was we within a hundred right yards
1: away. of where I lost him at dark the right night before. before. And I think I shot him at four thirty. or yeah something ridiculous but yeah. i just remember bacon in the sun yeah virtually no shade it something. was kind of
0: funny too because daryl would like he said he didn't take his pack we didn't think it was going to be you know too long honestly i had all the water so i was sending him <laughs> cell phone pictures of me drinking water and stuff because it was what'd you say it was 87 degrees. 97, 97 degrees yeah. I it was super hot and uh yeah so i was giving him a hard time I was about so parched that. Was when I got that
1: first things out of my mouth was where's the water <laughs> right
0: you're right i think i ended up taking a couple of naps while i was waiting for daryl to do his thing but yeah. yeah it was kind of fun yeah to watch we couldn't
1: him. communicate at all you know because initially we had cell phone and i think you forgot to charge your phone or something and
0: i did like yeah and i didn't have a charger for my phone i could yeah. there was no way so yeah i it, took my it died. It died like yeah. halfway through the day after I yeah. sent so many pictures. <laughs> That's to what it was.
1: You burned it up. <laughs> it was a fun hunt. I mean, we got it done and everything. Yeah, that was a great buck too. Yeah, it was pretty. That was my first uh, velvet. I usually don't hunt him that early, right? And so he was still in velvet, and and yeah, that was a that was a really good hunt. Right. Really fun hunt. And then we went out. We got like we we're on like an hour or two of sleep the time we got out, of Antelope.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not much. And then, yeah. Literally. At what time did we get to Antelope? Two or. I don't know, so, it was yeah, two, it was two in the at least and, two o'clock in the morning, yeah, and then we, we were up by. A few
1: hours sleep. I remember we slept under the stars because we didn't want to put tent up. we were so tired. Exactly. We actually pulled everything off your trailer. Right, and we slept on the I
0: had a flatbed trailer that I hauled. At, um, side by side side by side i call it buggy if you guys watch any of my videos you'll see me call him it buggy it's buggy yeah. i do a lot of hunting by myself buggy's my friend sometimes <laughs> so but anyway um yeah we slept we threw cots i think on the tra- trailer Beautiful which wasn't at bad. Night. it was gorgeous and then we got there and we had to set up the didn't we have set blinds oh yeah that's right yeah we had so set up blinds at night i think it was like three or four in the morning it before we got was. to bed and then we got back in the blind at seven
1: yeah and uh didn't kill nothing man.
0: didn't kill anything i screwed up our only that chance. was a rough
1: year if you remember mm. i end up killing mine the last day of the season or something i got to go out like one or two more times and i now nah, i wasn't last day i think it's the last day I, that's one thing about antelope i love antelope meat and i love antelope hunting but because it's in september elk's going on right and, and so it's it's, it's not as much of a used to be you know years ago started august 15th right and you can go hunt antelope before elk season right but when they changed it in that especially the draw that we put in for starts in the middle of september or close to the middle of september right so it it uh it's just getting time to hunt elk i know that's
0: always the that's the downfall of that antelope so i usually just give it a
1: couple days right and fortunately i've been pretty lucky to get it done sometimes it takes longer but i remember years ago when i was telling you Talked about me hunting, you know, 10, 14 days. I wouldn't even leave. I might go out before the 20th um, and for a couple of days. But when I was going to be serious and I'm going to be gone, like my 10-day hunt, I'd call it, mm-hmm. it would be, I'd usually leave right around the 20th of September. And I figured by then everyone, the weekend warriors. Exactly. Really got, or the guys who had vacation, took their vacation or whatever. And I cannot tell you. How many elk I was fortunate enough to get within the first day or so, with nobody around. Right. You know, it's not. There's a lot more hunters out there now.
0: A fact. That's a fact.
1: But it is what it is. You just gotta. Right. Learn to work around it. And
0: yeah, I mean, we all have the right to be there, and right. and uh, a lot of people enjoy that. And I think even now with the whole COVID thing that's happened over the last two years, I feel like more are, i feel like there's more hunters yeah. I, I mean i could be wrong i don't know any stats on that stuff but
1: idaho did change their non-resident tag not the not the whole quota but on the they're they, they taking the quotas in each unit and change them so there's less non-residents and you know the way i look at it, i i know people may disagree with this but Let's face it i mean non- no matter what state you're in for the most part, especially out west here, these states rely on non resident funds to help manage wildlife right and it's a big a lot a lot of times a big portion to to pay for wages or habitat or whatever right, so it is what it is, and i mean right we I feel lucky that we can just still go on every year and right and at this point and I,
0: I do feel like well two things. One, I, I feel like you can get away from the crowds if you yep. want to work hard enough. And yeah. we're, you know, not young anymore, but we still have the ability to do that. And we do, that. do do that. It is getting harder. I mean, more and more people are willing to do the back country type yeah. stuff. And, yeah. and, uh, so that, but having said that, I mean, there's areas that I've elk hunted and you could go for, you know, a back country hunt and not ever see another person. And now, Those exact same areas, you'll see three or four camps in there and not as many elk, but
1: they're they're still there. Yeah, one area I hunted for a lot of years, I remember an outfitter actually put in a drop camp and literally right in the middle is some of the best habitat. It was a great camping spot, but it was also a great bedding area and there was water there and everything for the elk. And I, I remember that year I saw, well, I left. I saw one elk. Passed up a bull opening day because I figured I'm coming back for a week. Got back in there, and I saw quite a bit of elk uh, when my first hunt there. And I went back in there, and there was a camp right in that spot where I'd shot an elk a couple years before, like right in that, within 50 yards where I shot that bull. And the next morning I got up and I saw one cow. And I watched them guys, you know, Trying to, go, uh, trying to go up a drainage from the bottom with the bl- wind blowing up from the bottom. Of course. Going right up in the canyon. <laughs> and I just looked at that and went, yeah, I think I'm out of here. I'm going to go somewhere else. I ended up going back the last day of the season. Uh, I didn't even think I was going to even get the hunt in there anymore. And went back, to, I got there, I think, midnight, the last uh, day of the season that mm. night before. And left my slept in my truck for a few hours. Walked in there, camp was still in there, and hadn't packed it out. And ended up finding a bull and shot a bull like 1:30 that afternoon. Had to go to work the next day. Called a buddy up to come and help me get the, bo- the bull the out, and you know mm-hmm. everything worked out. But mm-hmm. in fact, it turned out to be because I'll never forget it was a five by six bull with devil's horns, and that was the one I passed up. And after I shot that bull. I went up to him as a five by six bull with devil's horns. Yeah. That's <laughs> same <funny>. bull. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Two drainages over. Right. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah.
0: Crazy so. story.
1: Anyway, so uh we'll look forward to more podcasts coming up. Right. And we uh a
0: lot of stories to tell, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll have some stories and some other people on there with some good stories. Exactly. Some other seasoned hunters. Yep.
0: And- yeah, so part of what we want to do with this, I think, is is just what Daryl just said is is interview other people that've been doing this for a long time and kind of get their intake. Hopefully, there'll be some information that will help everyone. Uh, if not, enjoy some good stories, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah you can
1: never hear enough good stories.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So looking forward to looking forward. I'm personally looking forward to getting going on this thing, and, and yeah, me uh, too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah so
1: anyway i appreciate uh us getting together and doing this and look forward to a lot more yeah
0: yeah i think there's a lot a lot more that uh we have to talk about for sure as we're sitting here talking this is our first one like you know and i'm thinking oh yeah we can talk about this we can talk about this we got a well you know just years of experience doing a lot of different stuff and you know, off the top of my head, I think we could do probably an entire podcast about... I mean, just me and you talking without anyone else. Yeah. Uh, bear hunting. Yeah. Elk hunting. Uh, antelope hunting. Deer hunting. Deer, hunting. deer hunting. I mean, we can... You know, we got a lot of stories to share. A lot of information to share. Uh, as you can probably see in the background, I, I do a lot of shed hunting. Daryl's not a shed hunter, but I certainly would like to throw that into this whole mix as well.
1: I have nothing against shed hunting at all. I just... Usually have other things going. Right. Like I mentioned earlier, I usually go in springtime. I'll try to make a, a trip out to California do pig and right. turkey hunting, or right. some turkey hunting here in Idaho right. when I can. And that is the challenge.
0: Hunting. Yeah, exactly. That's the challenge with uh, shed hunting is bear hunting is right kind of that same time frame and turkey. So sometimes
1: it's such it's as popular as shed hunting has gotten. You know the yes. the guys that used to almost make a living out of it can no longer do that right. because there's so many people out there. Right. And, and because of that, it seems like you used to have a lot longer time because there's so few shed hunters out there. Right. This is talking to people like even you. Right. And now, you know, you only got a short window because there's so many people out there at the same time. That, well, and it's made Is that it, right? No, it is. And it's made
0: it such a competition between people that,
1: it's almost like honey spots.
0: It, it is. It's like honey spots, but it's also, I got to be the first guy there. Yeah. And that's, you know, in my opinion, opinions differ, but I think, you know, fishing game agrees, especially in a lot of states that it affects the wildlife and it yeah. push them around when they're really, you know, just went through a rough winter or whatever. And,
1: uh, well, I remember just not long ago, I don't know, a few weeks, several weeks back, I guess, four weeks, whatever, three weeks that, uh, you had went out. And, and told me that, you know, you're kind of just, just checking things out, right? but you saw some animals and you stayed away from them Right. you want to push them. And that, and, and it wasn't long right before that, a week or so before that, I saw some guys posting on social media, um, about how they're out there shed hunting. And then they picked to show pictures of some animals too. And they were close to the animals because it was taken, obviously taken with their uh, the video footage is taken with their phone. But and then the animals running off. And when I saw that, you know, I actually ended up putting a post. Wasn't trying to stir up anything at all, and I have nothing against shed hunting, but I just want people to be aware of that time of year, especially this year in Idaho. We had we got a little bit of snow around Christmas time and everything, and we've had a kind of a long stretch of cold snap. Right. Um, and if they've depleted a lot of their fat source, you know, getting pushed around doesn't help. And I, and it's unfortunate because you get people out there that are could not really, it's not that they don't care. They're just not really thinking about that. All they're thinking right. about is getting those horns, you know? Right. And, but I appreciated you as far as being aware of that. Right. I
0: mean, well, look, th- this is how it is. This is my opinion. Th- none of us like to be governed much but if you don't do what you need to do to protect things you're gonna get governance meaning they're gonna set seasons here yeah. you know states have set seasons for shed hunting at nevada we're not far from you can't shed hunt there until may 1st yeah uh which you know whatever people are still doing states, in my opinion yeah, but true. point is if you don't want those regulations here especially here in idaho because i mean that's where i'm most familiar with then don't do dumb stuff. Yeah. You know, don't do dumb stuff and you're not going to get regulated. If you don't, you know, (laughs) my biggest pet peeve is I want, there's areas where they close the roads down. I'm going to get fired up here. (laughs) because This stuff really (laughs) irritates me. They close the roads down to protect the wildlife. Yeah. So it's still okay for you to walk in there. It's still okay to go look for sheds, uh, you know, year round if you wanted to, but, the roads are closed for a reason and nothing drives me more nuts than people you find in tracks on those fricking roads oh, yeah. when, when they're closed. And yeah. that's exactly what's going to get things more governed, you know, and, and- I don't
1: own a buggy, buggy, <laughs> right. I do see, you know, where they'd be, especially like antelope hunting, you know, right. Bouncy roads out there like that. Type right. Thing. And I know there's place for them, but and nothing against them at all personally I don't have them. but but unfortunately I've seen a lot of abuse where they'll be on top of a ridge and there's absolutely no road up there 4 wheelers you know just any of those type of things but right and it is frustrating I feel like it's I don't know how else to say it but lazy right you know when you can't I gotta walk up there and it's not that I don't know I, I guess it's it is frustrating For because sure. exactly like you says you know the more the more um, people that don't pay attention to that, the more restrictions we're going to get, right? And I mean, there is a lot of places where you cannot go off the main road now, not even side trails, right? Exactly. You know? and, yeah, and I've that's had them okay. mess me up in the past, and yeah, I get a little ticked off, right? But, but you know, it is what it is, I yeah. guess. You know, People just all you can do is you it comes down to this you got to be able to look in the mirror and know that you did the right thing, as exactly. long as you can do that, then. You can't control, unfortunately, other people's actions.
0: Right, hundred percent. So, anyway, cool.
1: All right, brother. I think we uh, we'll wrap Success. this one. Success. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully, people just uh, got a little taste of what we got going to have in their future. And
0: yeah, what's our what's our what's your hopes for how often we're putting these out?
1: I'm hoping to do it once a week. Right. You know, that's, that's kind of what our to. plan is. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, with hunt season coming up, we'll see how it goes. We should, I don't see why we sh- shouldn't be able to do it once a week. Right. And we'll have it on uh, Sage uh, Buck Outdoor on on the YouTube channel. Yeah. On YouTube channel. Yep. And it'll probably be on iTunes.
0: And yeah. Yeah. We'll put it on all of the. Uh, I do an
1: audit, uh, audio and a video. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So there'll be plenty of spots to watch it from. Uh, on the uh, you know YouTube channel or whatever. I mean, if you guys have questions that you want to ask us, we'd yeah. love to get into answering people's questions as well. If we, you know, talk a little bit about your answer.
1: both of our um, social media.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: we, we do, probably we should have mentioned that already.
0: So, yeah. um, we both have uh, Instagram, Instagram, and Facebook pages. Uh, Daryl's is at. Daryl Ponch, is uh, Nunez, an underscore?
1: Nunez.ponch.daryl N- is my Instagram. And then Daryl Ponch Nunez uh, on Facebook. Gotcha. We'll probably have a, a, not probably, we got a Facebook page also for uh, Sagebuck Outdoors and then having season hunters as well.
0: Right, right. And then I do have, you know, Facebook. Uh, we do have the Sagebuck Outdoors Facebook page. I have my own personal uh, Facebook page, John Tolbert. So you can check those out uh, at Sagebrook Outdoors for Instagram and I also have a website uh Sagebuck Productions, excuse me. That's my old name. I just changed it lately over <laughs> about a year ago. Uh we went, we changed it from Sagebuck Productions to Sagebuck Outdoors. I just thought it was Cause more Cuz you have broad,
1: broadened so much more, huh?
0: We have and I and I it was a long time coming. I should have done it a long time ago, but you know, I had that Sagebuck Productions Probably 10 years. Then I finally decided it made sense to rebrand a little bit and go with the outdoor thing. I felt like it fit what we do a little bit better.
1: That's pretty much all it's been is for the most part is outdoor stuff. Exactly.
0: now. 100%. Yeah. So it's Sagebuck Productions. I just did it again. It's sagebuckoutdoors.com is the website. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff on there. Amongst other things, I guess I can... Throw myself a little promotion here. I do some t-shirt, uh, hoodies, hats. We sell all that kind of stuff. We've got we're gonna have some merch for uh Seasoned, Seasoned Hunter. Hunter coming really soon. We're working on the designs for that as we speak. That's another one of my mini freaking <laughs> ha- bad <laughs> habits, I think. One of one of my uh Little things that I do. I just spend because a lot this, of time don't it. Don't have enough things. Going exactly. On, yeah. yeah. So we would. Yeah. I don't have enough things going on. So I did. Anyway, I edit. I mean, I do some Photoshop and Illustrator type stuff and design logos for our stuff. And then I've done a handful of logos for other people too. And that's your kind of I am one. Idaho.
1: That's those have really taken. Yeah.
0: Me. So we have. It's actually pretty cool. We have so a hunting side of the T shirt, um, the apparel business, I guess I should call it. Swag. It's a swag. But yeah, so we have the hunting side of it, you know, and I have several different designs for that. Uh, We'll leave a link in the comments or or in the description below for the website. Actually, you can check it out. But anyway, we have those. And then we have uh, another site that's kind of Idaho based. and And the name of the company is I Am Idaho. And we sell all that stuff on there as well. And it's just Idaho based. Apparel. We got some more new cool stuff coming out this spring, uh focusing a lot on the Fourth of July aspect of what's going on. So that'll be kind of fun. So go appreciate check that you guys stuff
1: subscribing out. to us too, as we, you know, uh we certainly want to grow and maybe spread out. And- right.
0: Yeah. If you like this kind of stuff, man, tell your friends too. I mean, we need you know people watching. It's what helps us grow. We got to you know make the al- algorithms are based on views and comments and subscriptions and all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff will help us out a lot. So if you want to do that, tell your friends about it. That would be awesome too. What else you got, buddy?
1: I think that's about it for this week. And we'll look forward to doing another one here this next week. And there we go with it.
0: Yeah. Lots more to talk about. Yep. As we're sitting here talking, I just started to say earlier, I'm getting excited about all the other stuff that I have. <laughs> And we I want to talk
1: about, but it's like we do
0: like a five-hour flipping podcast.
1: <laughs> but, you know, we uh, also, I don't want it. We, we both decided we don't really want it scripted. Right. We just kind of go with it. Yep. And granted, there'll be times where we have a guest on. We want to have certain questions you want to ask. Exactly. Them. Speaking of which, I got one for you, John. I want you to tell me something. Great. That no one really knows about you. Not know deep dark secret we might not want to know about but not just something that you think that a lot of people maybe not even know about you that's Hmm. can you think of anything
0: why'd you put me on the spot like that i don't know i'm a pretty open book uh
1: he's got something
0: no i i don't but like i am and this is something else we can talk about on the show a lot of people actually probably, a lot of people that I work with and stuff know this about me, but outside of work and family, they don't. I exercise a lot and uh, basically daily, seven days a week. It's just a thing for me. And uh, I feel like that helps keep you in the mountains longer. I mean, like I said, we're we're not getting younger and we want to do this for as long as we can. So I, I don't know that that's something people don't know about me. I'll have to think about that. There's a couple other things that probably I'm not going to say on here, but um, <laughs>
1: I've but, been fortunate. You know, my guy I hunt with quite a bit, Matt, uh, he's a trainer type, right? Done a lot of training, been in fitness business for a lot of years. He's really helped me a lot. And one thing I know that's helped a lot is got me on this program now of stretching. And as we get older, even when you're younger, I mean, stretching is just a good thing to do. Right. And, and I think a lot of people miss that. Uh, miss, when I say miss it, they miss the importance of it. Right. Keeping those joints stretched and those tendons stretched and all that does make a big difference. And he's kind of brought that into my regimen, if you will. Okay. And so, yeah, that's been a good thing to learn
0: here's something that I do do now that we're sitting here talking, I don't feel like I'm on the spot so much, but an odd thing that I do is I keep track of all kinds of things. Uh, you know, the exercise thing, I keep track of how, you know, how many days I set goals for myself, how many days I work out in a row. I, two years ago, my goal was to run or do cardio. I shouldn't necessarily run, but do some sort of cardio every day for an entire year. Yeah. So, and I did, so I started, you know, I would literally just make a hash mark on a board and count down the days or whatever. And I ended up making it 371 days before I took a day off. Oh, so, nice, yeah, and I finally <laughs> I finally actually had to take a day off. I was so beat up, my body started, my knees were sore, and, and I finally decided, you know, this probably isn't the smartest thing I've ever done. Uh, my body needed to rest, so we we did take a short break there and or stretch and I know I stretch every day. In fact, yeah. you were talking about Matt, Matt gave me some stretches when I first met
1: Matt. Which I had, we'll be having Matt on the podcast it, for sure. Cause he's definitely uh, when it comes to fitness, he's a solid source. Yes. Yeah. He is.
0: But anyway, we were on a hunt and I, at the time I don't, didn't know my hip was absolutely killing me. And, uh, and he gave me some stretches to start doing and, it took a few weeks, but it cured my problem. So, i that was probably three, four years ago. I still do those stretches almost every single day. Okay. So, but anyway, whatever. There you go. How about you?
1: Oh, you didn't have to ask me. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not that my easy. My family, co-
1: no, it's pretty easy. I can tell you that my family does call me squirrel because I, I am definitely one of those guys. John's known me well enough. I'm kind of a high strung guy, would you say?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I hear that a lot. Man, you know, where you get all your energy and I I don't know, I do have a fair amount of energy for the most part, but I am pretty bad about, you know.
0: Staying go- on task, actually, yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on hunts. Yeah. We went to Nevada archery hunting with him one time and <laughs> actually a couple different times. The antelope one time and deer oh no I didn't go on the deer hunt but we've been to Nevada a couple times for antelope hunt yeah. and you'll get down and you think you're going to be spending three four days down there hunting and <laughs> that even he's like man I got to get back to twin like I got stuff I got to do.
1: <laughs> well I had a little, yeah we were banking on that waterhole that right, time and right. up, but we did put a stock almost should have had that one buck I mean, right yeah anyway yeah but yeah I kind of have a bad habit of of and I try not to so bad I try not to but Squirrel. Squirrel. There I go. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they, I've got squirrel socks and squirrel shirts and <laughs> squirrel hats and squirrel figurines all through my house. And they're always, that seems to be the gift. That's hilarious. My, uh, especially my stepdaughters there. They, I get Christmas, I got a few different things. Right. I, I get things done eventually, but especially home projects. I'm talking, that's where it seems like it's most, uh, mostly shown. Right. I'll start something and walk by, oh, man, I've got to get that. Better get that done. And then it's right. like, oh, what was I do? Oh, yeah, i got to go finish that. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. All right, man. We'll wrap this up, and then next show will be up here pretty soon.
0: Sounds good. Hey, thanks. Thanks, thanks for, for watching, watching, guys. Appreciate you.